Well, it's great to be here this morning and to celebrate and worship our God, isn't it? It's fantastic to be able to do it together. That's what's great. Um, and so I just want to pray and ask God to just, you know, be here and be in every word that's spoken today um, as I bring his word to you. Dear God, our Father, I thank you because you are more than enough, that you love us, that you are for us, and that as we come and hear from you, God, that your Holy Spirit, I pray, will be on every word I speak and will minister this into the hearts of each of us according to what we need. We thank you, God, for your word. It's so precious. It gives us life and and health and breath and strength. And we thank you, God, for that. And we, we love to look at your word and learn from you. So we're at your feet, waiting to hear, waiting to receive, waiting to be open to, re- open to respond to you today, God. I pray in your precious name. Amen. <clears throat> um, I usually wake up about five o'clock in the morning. And, well, we probably both wake up about five o'clock in the morning. It's dark. And uh, it's, I love that time of the morning when the first gleam of, of dawn comes and you just start to see it. And the, so the room's in darkness and then when this first gleam, there's just this sort of, you can just begin to see things. And then gradually the light builds and things become clearer and clearer. And then until the light is fully, has full, the sun has fully come up and the light is there and it's such an incredible, you know, you know, I love light. I absolutely love the light. And when that happens, this, you know, you can see everything. Everything is clear. Everything is revealed once that happens. And I love that. In Proverbs 4.18, it says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. It goes on to say the way of the the wicked is in deep darkness. What would you prefer? And so I think that this verse is a metaphor for us as Christians. It's saying that when you accept Christ, his light comes into your life and then as you live and grow in him you get give more room for him in your life so more light comes in so that you can shine brighter and brighter and that should go on your whole Christian journey your whole walk with Christ you keep allowing him more space you keep making more room for him so that he can fully fill every part of you so that his light is fully seen until the full light of day and that that is eternity And so this is a journey that begins and we go all through our life growing, receiving more of his light, understanding more, seeing that revelation more, getting more clarification and going forward until we see him when we will see a light that we have never seen when we see him face to face. You know, God did a wonderful thing when he sent his only son, Jesus, into this world. God could have left us in darkness. I would have hated that. But instead, God chose to give us light. It's a gift. It's a gift from God and Christ is the gift. He is the light of the world. 
And like every gift that you get, you have to decide what you're going to do with it when you receive the gift. Well, with light, there's really only one thing you can do, and that is you let it shine. It's natural for light to shine. It's, just, it's natural for fire to burn, it's natural for wind to blow, and it's natural for light to shine. I mean, imagine telling a fire not to burn or telling the wind not to blow. That's impossible. And you know, it's just as impossible for us to tell light not to shine. That's just what light does. It shines. And you can, try and, you can cover it up and block it, And that will stop the light, but it won't stop shining underneath the cover. It's still going to be shining. You can't stop light shining. And Jesus tells us we are the light of the world. He doesn't say you could be. You could be the light of the world. He doesn't say you will be one day. He says you are. We are the light of the world. And so if we are the light of the world, then it's our nature to shine. In fact, Jesus says it actually takes effort not to shine. You've got to do something to stop yourself shining. He says it would be like trying to hide a city on a hill. If a city's on a hill, how are you going to hide that? Or he said it's like lighting a lamp in your house and then trying to cover it up. You've got to put effort into that. In fact, hiding a city is basically impossible. And putting a lamp under a cover doesn't really make sense. Why light the lamp at all if you're going to cover it up? So Jesus is saying that letting the wonderful light of God shine in and through us should be just as natural as breathing. It should just happen. The trouble is that we don't think of it as natural. We think of it as effort, and we think of it as something that we have to try and achieve, and we've got a certain have to have a certain ability to be able to shine. And we we look at people and we say, "Yeah, look at that person. Look how they shine. I could never be like that." But you can because it actually doesn't take special effort. It's natural that if you have Christ in you, you will shine. When you think about what God has done for you and you let that outwork in your life, you can't help but shine. It's as natural as the sun rising in the morning. You know, I love to go out late at night and, uh, you know, on a beautiful clear night and look up to the sky and see the stars. I remember when we were at Kangaroo Island, we, it, you know, it, it's very remote and, um, there it's dark at night, like, it, you know, there's no city lights or lo- local lights to bring any sort of glow to the sky. And, and when you go out at night, I've never seen the stars like I did here. They, they just, you know, they just seem to go on and on and there seem to be so many of them. And if you've been in a place that's remote and you've gone out at night and you've seen the stars, it's just incredible. And it does, in the, in the deepest darkness, it brings light. And all those thousands of stars, those millions of stars, each bringing its own light. And, you know, that's what God is calling us to do as believers, as followers He's saying things today in our culture are dark. And they're actually, they seem like they're getting darker. I mean, we often say this, but turn on the news this week and listen to what's happened just this week. 
And it just seems to be so dark and so difficult. There seems to be so much evil in the world and evil seems to be so prevalent. And that's why Jesus says, as my children, I want you to shine brighter and brighter. This is what God is calling us to do, to shine brighter and brighter. How do we do that? How do we shine brighter and brighter? Well, it's really simple. Just get closer and closer to Jesus, the source of light. I could probably sit down now because that's the message really. Simple, isn't it? How do we shine brighter and brighter? Get closer and closer to Jesus, the source of light. Graham said last week in his message, we behave differently in the light. Remember that? When he talked about, you know, when he was trying to creep out in whatever he was dressed, little he was dressed in, to put out the garbage. And, uh, you know, he, was trying, he knew there was a sense of light and he was trying to avoid it so no one could see him. And when the light came on, revealed everything. And then sort of like, you know. <laughs> so, but, you know, we do, we behave, you know, in the, he's thinking, I can get away with this in the dark. But as soon as the light comes on and everything is revealed, we behave differently. And so if we want to shine brighter and brighter, put ourselves in the light. Because we're going to behave the way that we should behave if we're in the light. By getting close to Jesus, who is the source of us, we intentionally position ourselves in a place where we will shine brighter and brighter. And we will behave differently in that place. You get closer and closer to Jesus by immersing yourself in the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word, the word of God, is a lamp to my feet to guide my path, a light for my path. God's word is there as light for us. So if you're struggling with something, you're figuring, trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to get through this? Go to the word. It's going to show you. It's, it'll light up the way it'll give you the answers. His word is light. And you know, it's not just a matter of reading it and ticking a box and saying, I've done my devotion today, I've read the word. That's good. It is good to do that. But we need to do more than that. We actually need to meditate on it. We need to think on it. We need to let it sink deep down into us so it's something that we can recall throughout the day. I don't know how many times that when I've read my, the word in the morning, and, and reflected on that, 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 that I have used, you know, so many times that throughout the day I have needed that word for someone throughout the day. And so you need to meditate on it. You need to reflect on it. In fact, a good thing to do, a challenge, but a good thing to do is to memorize it. If you memorize it, you are going to know it when you need it. I often hear Mark talk about, Mark, say that verse that is your, um, I'll bring the mic down, that verse that you... Now, he'll remember it. I'm not, I, don't, I haven't warned him, but I know that he knows this. That he always repeats this verse. It's such an encouragement. Um, this is from Acts 2.25, and it's Peter addressing the men of Israel, and he's quoting King David from Psalm 16. And he says, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is at my right hand, therefore I cannot be shaken. My heart will rejoice, my tongue will be glad, and my flesh will rest in hope. Surely you will not let my soul see Hades or your holy one decay. You have made known the path of life. I shall rejoice in your presence. Amen. Amen. 
If you go into, da- into the day with that truth in your heart, how much are you going to shine with that truth, knowing I foresaw the Lord ever before me. He is this for me. He's promised this truth. You know the word. You speak that out. You recall it. You remember it. You go into the day and you are ready. You are equipped. You are going to shine brightly because the word is light. Jesus in you is light. You're going to shine brighter and brighter. As you read the word, you're going to read about his mercy. So that when you're struggling and you think like, I'm not good enough. Of course we're not good enough. But his mercy for us is so great. His grace, his healing. When you're struggling with with health, keep repeating the truth. Psalm 103, you'll heal all my diseases, every one. Say it over and over. The truth will bring light into your heart, into your situation, and healing will flow. Read the word about his deliverance of his people and how he wants to deliver us. And as you do that, truth will saturate your heart and mind and light will come into your spirit and you will feel hope. You will feel you can go forward with his light and he will show you the way and you will radiate that just as he promised. We live brighter and brighter by being careful what we focus on. Luke 11, 34 to 36 says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Your eye, what you're looking at, is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. When I read that passage, you know, I thought about you know, some of those speakers that talk about and, and encourage people, not, not Christian speakers, motivational speakers, and they talk about you know, focusing on the positive. Here it is talking about what you focus on. And they say, you know, think positive. Surround yourself with positive people, positive books. The more positive influences you have, the more positive you will be. And that, that's true. I'm not saying that's not true, but... That's not enough. We have to be careful what we're focusing on is actually going to fill us with light. Because while being positive is important, it is just an attitude. It is just a a state of mind. It's an emotion. We need more than just that to empower us to be what we should, should be. And what they do is they psych people up to think this way. And certainly we do need to think this way, but not because we're psyching ourselves up, but because we have the source of light, which is Christ. And he is dependable. Some of that isn't. So here, Jesus is talking about focusing on him. And when we do, he will fill us with light. He will fill us with hope. He will fill us with positivity. Because of who he is. And his light will permeate our whole life. So think of your eyes as windows to the soul. And as you do that, what you focus on is what's going to be received into your spirit. And so as we point our eyes to Jesus, we keep looking at him, then the distractions around us can't be seen. If we look at the things around us, if we focus our eyes on our fear, that's what's going to fill our spirit. If we focus our eyes on, on you know, worry and, and despair, we're going, that's what's going to fill our spirit. 
If we, we focus on, on our you know, poor health, that's what's going to fill our spirit. And we're gonna, that's what's going to be what we're thinking and, 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 and focusing on. But if we focus our eyes on Jesus, who he is, what he says, then that's what's going to fill our spirit and will empower us to deal with all the things that we're um, facing each day. And we will shine brighter and brighter. Think about the analogy of the diamond. I think it's a good analogy in understanding shining brighter and brighter. When it's mined out of the ground, it's a rock. And there's some degree of shine to it, but it's nothing like what you see when it's, when it's you know, being treated. And, you know, the diamond is the feature of many of the most beautiful pieces of jewellery in the world because of the way that it shines. But it can't shine until the experts cut and polish it so that it maximises its brilliance. And, you know, we get brighter and brighter by allowing God to cut us, to cut out those things that would, you know, those things in our life that are going to certainly not bring light, to cut out those thoughts and those attitudes that are going to bring darkness rather than light. And he will cut them out. And then... You know, we have to empty ourselves. Jesus emptied himself totally. He became a servant, gave his life for us. He emptied himself out and became a man so that he could be the light. And it's the same with us. We have to be emptied. We have to, those things have to be cut away so that then we can be filled with his light. And, and then he polishes up all of our attitudes. He polishes all those areas of our life, our character, so that we become more and more like him. And then we will shine brilliantly as we allow him to do that. If we, have to, if we want to shine brighter and brighter in this world, and my goodness, the world needs it, then we need to make sure that we are in the hands of the master craftsman who will cut away the stuff, who will make, it, make us beautiful who will polish us in a way that we will shine brightly. Philippians 2.15 says, Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. The only way we'll do that is allowing Christ to shine through us, allowing him to take our lives, for us to empty ourselves, to surrender to him, to the master craftsman to do his work. So if you're going to shine brighter and brighter, where are you going to do it? Where do you think you'll shine the brightest? In the darkest places. In the darkest places. In that verse I just read from Philippians, it says, you are to shine like bright lights in the world. And the Greek word that is used here for light is the same word as the light or the beacon from a lighthouse, the, you know, the gleam from a lighthouse, you know, that a lighthouse emits. And what does that light do for those ships out in the sea? That's right. It warns of danger. It helps people to come to a safe harbour. And it provides hope for those who are totally lost. You can see why what God's calling us to do as that light. He wants us to provide the way for people to find safety, to bring hope when they feel hopeless, to warn them of danger in their lives. And, and 
People are groping around in the dark out there, trying to find their way. And God has said, we are the church. We are the light. We are there so that we can help them. He's positioned us there so that we can radiate his light, reflect his light, and draw them into that place of safety. You know, have you ever been to one of those events where they have the big spotlight, you know, and it's often scanning the sky because they've got some big event on and they want to draw people to the event. And uh, a couple of times I've thought, where's that coming from? And I've sort of tried to drive to, to, to sort of where the light is to see what it's about, sort of something like the opening of Kmart or something like that, you know, <laughs> something exciting, really meaningful. And, uh, you know, but the thing about that one big light, it's good, it, it does, you know, it, it drew me there. But, um, you know, you have to be able to see that light. If you lived, you know, in Swansea, you're not going to see that light. If, you know, the big light is good for those people who see it or it's good for those who might be, you know, want to seek it out and see what it was about. Or maybe some people know it was the opening of Kmart, so I'm going to stay right away. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of the Kmart Christmas lights. They often do that. And um, I work near there. That's why I know. (laughs) And so, um, you know, and so the people think, I don't want to, too many people will stay right away from that. But, you know, we need more than that one big spotlight. If we're going to have light in the world, we need thousands of points of light. And, uh, you know, this is, it's not a great, um, you know, I guess analogy, but what we're trying to say here is that while that spotlight is good, it needs for, you know, beyond that, we need light if we're going to bring light to a dark place. What could that spotlight represent? I think that spotlight could, just, this is just a, a, you know, an analogy, it could represent the church. So we have our scheduled meetings, we have things that we do together, and it's sort of like, that's like the big light. That, you know, but if people don't know about it or don't, don't know we're here or, you know, maybe they're not... They've, they've had some bad experiences, they don't want to come into the big group gathering, then, then if that's all we do, we're not going, you know, there's going to be people who are not going to be able to get and to receive the truth or the light. We have more than that. And that's why Jesus said, we are the light of the world. So that we can be those thousands of points of light out there that wherever we are, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, in you know, wherever we are, that we can bring light to people. That's ministry. And God, in his redemptive plan, scattered people all over the world throughout history so that those living in darkness may see the light of his love and grace and surrender their hearts to him. And you and I are one of those lights. So how's the shining going where you are? Do people know about the incredible hope that is in Jesus because that is what's going to bring them to it. And if we are light where we are, we just have to shine our light where we are and allow him to grow us every day so we get brighter and brighter. We're going to make a difference in the world. Of course, I'm not saying that, that the, you know, Jesus did talk about the strength of collective light. And, you know, it's like a city that has a glow across the sky when Christians come together. And certainly there is a glow for the Lord when we come together collectively, and that's important too, but I'm saying it's not enough. The church, the the organised church is really important, but more than that, we need to be those points of light out in the world. So finally, 
What might stop us from shining brighter and brighter? What might we do to try and, you know, that will end us being like putting a cover over the light? Now, this takes effort in some degree to, to actually stop yourself shining. So these are some of the things we might do. There's three things, and there's probably more. We might not fuel ourselves up so that gradually we run out of fuel. You know, it's like a candle starts and it's got the, you know, all the wax and it burns brightly, but gradually as its source of you know, wax burns down and down and down, the, the candle gets dim and there's eventually the, the, the burning slows down and eventually there is no more light. And I think sometimes when we first know Christ, we, we burn brightly, we're excited we're, we want to know more and we're, we're enthusiastic about our journey and we burn brightly. But gradually, if we're not fueling ourselves, if we're not putting stuff in, it's going to be hard to shine. And gradually, you know, we get a, you know, a, bit, a bit slower about reading the word. And, a, you know, our, when our prayer life gets dim because we're, we're not as enthusiastic anymore. And we sort of get into a bit of a rut. And before we know it, the light is not shining brightly at all. It's like it's being covered up because, you know, there's no, you know, when you put a cover over something, it will snuff out the light, a candle light. And so it's the same for us. We have to keep fueling. And the word of God, prayer, gathering together, meeting together, talking about, you know, testimony, a great way to be able to be encouraged in what God is doing in our lives. Another way that we will struggle to shine brightly is if we are indistinct in the world. In other words, you know, we come to church and we, we're praising God and being a part of this. But when we go out there, we just think, well, we don't want to be too, you know, in their face. We don't want to sort of, you know, so we'll just settle into their, you know, the way they go. And so we sort of, you know, become like a chameleon. You just sort of blend with those around you. And so we really don't stand out. Ephesians 5, 7 to 9 says, Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So we should make a difference. People should know we are different. We're not saying we're better than them. We just have, a, we have good news. We have something that's changed our life and naturally we should want to share that. And, and the way that we live should show that we are different. It's, it's like when people say, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to swear. Why do they say that? Because you're shining brightly and they know who you are and what you represent and they don't want to offend you. I read this story. It's an, it's an old story, but I just want to read it to you. It, because it's just so beautiful. One of the American presidents was telling the story of an encounter he had, and I'll read what he said. The person in this, this story um, that he's talking about is Dwight L. Moody, who is a very uh, famous uh, preacher and godly man. And uh, this is his story. This is the president telling this story. I was in a very common place. I was sitting in a barber chair, when I became aware that a powerful personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut and sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered, though it was not in the least instructional, showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. 
And before I got through with what was being done to me, I was aware that I had attended an evangelistic service because Dwight L. Moody was in that chair. I purposely lingered in the room after he had left and noted the singular effect that his visit had brought upon the barbershop. They talked in undertones. They didn't know his name, but they knew something had elevated their thoughts, and I felt that I left that place as I should have left a place of worship. Just a visit to the barbershop could be a place of worship for people because of what you bring, because of the light that you shine. And you know, if you're light, if you want to shine brightly, what's going to limit that is if you put limitations around it. You think, I'll just keep this to myself. I found Christ. It's great. That's good. I've got his light. I'm right now. We need to share it. Sharing it makes an impact on others. And they don't forget. I remember when there was a, we had a blackout uh, this year that um, across the road from us, the lady had two children and her husband was away. And when the blackout was on, Ian, um, who's very thoughtful about these things, realised that that house was in darkness. So he went over and he said, have you got any, have you got any, you know, she had nothing in the house to give a light. She had two little children. So Ian went over and set her up with some candles and a light so that she would be right. And, uh, you know, probably it was about a month later she came over and she said, I just want to thank you for doing that. I was so scared I couldn't leave the house and go and do something because I had these two little ones. And she said, you just changed that night for me. And, you know, that's what we can do with people. When we share the light of Jesus, we change their lives. We change their nights into day. We, we bring hope where there is no hope. And so the end of that verse says that, um, like, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. We need to keep doing this until we meet Jesus face to face. So we need to keep growing. Our light should get brighter and brighter every day. Daniel 12.3 Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. We're going to pray and I, I want you to just take a moment to pray that prayer for yourself. God, make me wise in my circumstance. Pray this for yourself personally. Make me wise so I can shine as bright as the sky. And may I lead many to righteousness so that they too can shine like stars forever. Is that your prayer today? Do you want to be the light? Be the church? We are. We actually are. Because Christ is light in us, so we are the light of the world. And we want to make sure that we shine brighter and brighter every day. Let us pray.